Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Sending a Leo 8 degree new moon July 31st celebration to each of you. Tonight, July 27, 2019, Top Cosmos opens with Leo Cosmic Collaboration, kicking off Leo with four commentaries by astrologers voicing thoughts about an archetypal energy fundamental to Leo, generosity, and purposeful legacy, fifth house. This program repeats Thursday morning, August 1st, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Astrologers speaking tonight will be Top Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan, evolutionary-oriented astrologer from Seattle, Washington, that's myself, Shannon Hayes, certified evolutionary astrologer, Seattle, Washington. You'll find three archival archival talks in 2018 with Shannon that is June 9th for Gemini and December 15 for Sagittarius and then in 2019 March 9 for Pisces. Scheduled Saturday August 10 is Bear River intersectional astrologer and Reiki master from Bay Area California and you'll find his archival talk in 2018, July 28 for Leo. And welcoming a new guest scheduled for the last Leo archetype, August 17, Karen Winterland, professional astrologer and tarot weekly at Seattle's East West Books, affiliated with the Ananda National Organization from Seattle, Washington. Check out our website, Talk Cosmos, for the schedule, guest info, and archival link. Now going to podcast one that's on iTunes, the radio station KKNW Talk Cosmos broadcast now and partners with it, podcastone.com. You'll find the podcast and you can subscribe. Thanks. And tonight's topic is Leo, cosmic collaboration, generosity, and purposeful legacy. So what is our legacy? It's something that drives every person at one time or another in their lifetime towards various possible manifestations. And although we might often consider legacy as a beneficial energy of lasting quality that we pass along during or after our lifetime, that isn't always true or the case. Merriam-Webster online gives these examples. She left us a legacy of a million dollars because finances are often involved in many legacies and considered it even with schools. If you've been to one school, you can have the legacy of having a better opportunity to attend if your father or mother attended that school. The other example is he left his children's a legacy of love and respect versus this example 
The war left a legacy of pain and suffering. And this can be also in a family situation. And the last example is her, her artistic legacy lives on through her children. And this often constitutes all the wonderful philosophies from Plato all the way up to Hawkins, scientific knowledge, Darwin, Galileo, everybody that contributes. The site Daring to Live a Legacy says, living or leaving, pardon me, leaving a legacy means putting a stamp on the future and making a contribution to future generations. People want to leave a legacy because they want to feel that their life mattered. And it goes on to specify that deciding and knowing what you want your legacy to be, you can start building it. And that's really involves a lot of this emphasis that I'm sharing. You know, often families consider their legacy as a children that they actually produce because it's an extension of themselves. So in this process, Stephen K. Moyer, that's M-O-Y-E-R, impressed in an article June 12, 2017 in Beef Magazine online, that the legacy you leave is the life you lead. And it's important for families to have a concrete vision for the legacy they are creating right now. He was writing to a lot of beef ranchers because it's generations involved in this energy. But it relates to us all. Basically, he says that a true family legacy is more than just the legal documents distributing assets at the time of death. It's important to nurture the legacy and understanding what is the actual family legacy. Because, as he says, a true family legacy encompasses the values and passions that fuel the family. It's perpetuated through the family stories and what is the family's belief or the belief structure about wealth or even philanthropy. And it's how you actually live out the daily family values. You know, how are decisions made? Does that involve competitiveness or spiritual values and based on what? So if a family's legacy is formed by, you know, by sequences of actions that resemble one another and lived out in each generation, essentially it's repeated behaviors and actions shape family legacy. So through articulating the family stories, declaring perspective of wealth, what constitutes values, it contributes towards establishing a purposeful family legacy. It might have metaphysical ramifications, considering too as leaving a life story because it's a spiritual legacy it's like talking to the seven generations. It's a way of honoring the generations that come before us and of showing respect for the generations that come after us. And this too can be rectified, you know, if one's family history needs to be altered, if you choose that course of its legacy, because perhaps the inherited legacy, 
thus far has actual detrimental actions that a person may want to align with a different set of improved and elevated values or actions. That goes also for legacy away from the family towards the population that I'll continue with later. So that gets us, yes, to this part of the title generous and purposeful relating to Leo's prosperity. Purposeful relates to all the fixed signs that condense cardinal energies prior to their sign and the mutable sign that comes directly after the fixed condensed sign. Beginning with Taurus, the focus on purpose of continuing life force survival in its form. Leo purpose of manifestation of highest creative form. Scorpio purpose of soul growth through empowerment, exchanging resources. And Aquarius purpose for elevation and improvement of humanity. Generous relates directly to the sun's energy. It's ever giving abundance of light and warmth, providing life right here on earth. Scientifically, from the sun's core of 27 million degrees Fahrenheit, that's 15 million degrees centigrade, the nuclear fusion process, which is so potent, hydrogen being compressed into helium, and it bounces around up to a million years until reaching the sun's upper interior layer. There's several layers. And it cools tremendously at that point to about 7,800 Fahrenheit or 4,320 centigrade. But most mysteriously, temperatures rise dramatically in the corona. It gets surprisingly hot, comparable, comparable to the surface body of the sun. The sun's magnetic field from the corona erupts with ejections at 2,000 miles a second. The flares escalating out from the sun's surface. They measure at temperatures ranging from 1.7 million degrees, which is a million degrees centigrade, to more than 17 million Fahrenheit, and that's 10 million centigrade. The sun provides this classic example of inherent legacy of purposeful generosity for our planet's life support, whether we yet understand it or not, as science is still exploring this facet. Historian Bill Moyer, that's M-O-Y-E-R, the same as the previous person, totally different individual, he interviewed expert mythologist author who wrote The Hero's Journey, Joseph Campbell. And in an acclaimed 1988 PBS TV series, just directly after Joseph Campbell's death, it was made from earlier interviews, Joseph Campbell said, when you have identified with the creative force, you have become the God power. Later on, in his talks, he indicated we need to learn to live spiritually. He made reference to a Hindu myth, teaching essentially that each of us aspire 
when we aspire to our best, we're living in our own state of bliss. Perhaps this is the key to actress and humorist Lucille Ball's quote, love yourself first. She says, you really have to love yourself and everything will fall into line. As legacy expands beyond children to incorporate a need of putting a stamp on the future and making a contribution to future generations, because we each need and want to feel that our life mattered and to decide the kind of life we want to live and the kind of world that we want to live in as that contribution. Ultimately, legacy is anything handed down from the past, from those ancestors or ourselves into the future. In an article from Huff Post, April 27, 2015, it states five ways to leave a great legacy. The first, support the people and causes that are important to you. And I'll expand that every single one of us makes such a vital difference. You know, there's more movies galore that give that idea. There's one with Christmas. It's always been brought up every time with Jimmy, uh, what's his name? Famous man. And one begins to see, oh, well, gee, the Christmas story. Yeah, that one continually drives it home. The second idea, reflect and decide what's most important in your life. Well, that makes sense. It's like get to know yourself and really understand because then one can really begin to participate with that part of you that needs to do this in some fashion. The third, share what, well, not what, but what your blessings are with others. And that's just something that is a beautiful extension of friendship and love. Love gives that every moment. And it's valid. It doesn't have to be some huge contrived thing. It can just be remembering to do this always. The fourth one is be a mentor to others. Every teacher does this. We would be nowhere without our mentors. They come from every fashion. And they're so vital whether it's to our children, whether it's to our friends, whether it's to our community, whether it's to a student of any capacity, it's really a gift. And the fifth one, pursue your passions because they are infectious. And I just love that, infectious. I think that's so true. Passion is, it just, like the fire sign it is, it grows. So what else can we learn from Leo? What else important factors lead to our personal sense of legacy? The astrological sun glyph, that's the symbol, it comes from ancient Egypt's hieroglyphic writing system for Ra, the sun god, the Egyptian sun god who created everything. It was considered a form of monotheism. It's a circle with a dot in the middle and it denotes a spirit presented through a circle surrounded by the seed of potential. That immediately conveys legacy of the individual soul. Bottom line, legacy does take courage. It takes conviction. And there's a myth 
The Leo myth involves Hercules, and it signifies using strength. In his very first labor, there were 12. He was sent out to kill the Nemanin, N-E-M-E-A-N, lion, who was located at Zeus's temple. The hide, the lion's hide, was impenetrable. It was impervious to metal, stone, or wood, making any weapon impossible to use. So Hercules discovered he had to use his hands to kill the lion. Later he discovered that because he needed to bring the hide back to prove that the deed was accomplished, that to separate it, he had to use the claw from the lion to separate it from the animal itself. So how can we interpret this? Well, it speaks of the need of this constellation and the sign of Leo for bravery. It's deeply rooted that Leo mustn't fear anything or possibly get seriously hurt. Hercules, because during this, the, the Leo, the, the lion had to run and, and that it was that bravery that conquered. And you can see that it, it could represent the nature of Leo. It, you know, you have to look at this very symbolically. Hercules wore that hide as a cloak. It was a symbol fulfilling his acquired strengths through his, the own, his own courage. Yet also in this realization, represented by the claw that separated the hide from the lion, it's ourself that was his lion's own claw that can undo the virtuous legacy since the claw finished it off. It can mean that any weapon, physical, emotional, or verbal, only hurts the person that uses it, not the one it was intended for. Legacy finds oneself in leadership positions, and those are influenced by the house that Leo represents or rules in your chart and further emphasized by planets and points or angles in this big-hearted, brave Leo sign. As David Pond, an astrologer in the Northwest, his most recent post reflecting Pond newsletter tells a great story, very applicable. A great emperor purchased a horse for 10,000 rupees, but the horse was restless and no one could ride it. The son of the emperor said, Father, I can ride this horse. Sitting on the horse, he rode it in the direction of the sun as the horse galloped. The emperor, very astonished, said, Please, son, tell me, how did you manage to ride this horse? The son replied, This horse was afraid of its own shadow, so I made him run towards the sun. As David found at davidpond.com, he says, In Leo's, a great time to move away from shadowy thinking and toward the light. We will find this week on July 31st, 2019 at 8.12 p.m. Pacific Time. And that would be 5, let me think, is it 5? No, it would be it would be 5.12 in Hawaii and it would be 11.12 p.m. on the East Coast. The new moon in Leo at 8 degrees Leo ends the Mercury retrograde occurring since August 7th. And this will definitely assist our energetic plans to move forward. Remember, too, that August 13th 
at 11.07 p.m. Pacific Time. The Sun in Leo and Venus are conjunct at 21 degrees 11 minutes direct. Leo completes its second four-year phase as an evening Venus star point. And this concludes its reoccurring eight-year Leo-Venus star point cycle. Every star point, and there are five, lasts 104 years in its entirety. It's a huge, significant influence as a backdrop. And right now we're in Leo, and this is the time it's happening. There are several astrologers significantly giving information about the star point. Ariel Gutman has a wonderful book. And Adam Gainsbourg of Soul Sign, he really talks about these phases. And he advises dates involving the nine-month evening Leo Venus star point. And this occurs from, well, in August up until June when the next star point begins. The Leo archetype, it presents a really fortuitous time for every one of us to start working on how we want to determine our own capacity towards manifesting a life legacy. Be small, big, huge, however it looks like to us. Right now, it's our heart's path to follow. And know inside you have every birthright purpose to manifest your ideal of legacy, to pass along in any sense that matters just to you, that you give like the sun as it reaches out with its corona. That was your host of Talk Cosmos, Sue Rose Minahan, introducing the Leo archetype. And coming up next, you'll hear from Shannon Hayes for this cosmic collaboration, and Amanda Pierce will be joining the program on August 3rd. Hi there, my name's Shannon Hayes, and I am an evolutionary astrologer. And the subject I'm going to be talking about today has to do with the archetype of Leo. And since Leo is one of the largest constellations of the zodiac, what I've been ruminating about with the Leo archetype is, so how did Leo come to be associated with the heart center? As Leo is a lion, we all know lion is an apex predator. What does that have to do exactly with the heart? As we know in evolutionary astrology, the heart is the connecting point between the mind and the emotions. And um, so, you know, what exactly does the heart have to do with Leo? Well, I found this story that I thought was a very interesting story about um, uh, about the Leo with the Nemean lion. And uh, the Nemean lion was a beast that was killed by Heracles during the first of his 12 labors. So the lion basically, so, um, so basically the lion lived in a cave in Nemea. 
that was in a southwest part of Corinth. And it was killing all the local inhabitants. Inhabitants and could not be killed because its skin could not be pierced by any weapons. So Heracles could not kill the lion with arrows, and he trapped the lion in its cave. He was grappling with the beast and eventually choked it to death. So he... And he couldn't, he, when he tried to skin the lion, he couldn't skin it. He wanted to skin it so that it would be a protective covering. So what he had to do was to use the lion's claws to cut its pelt off so that he could wear the pelt as a cloak, complete with the lion's head. But he had to use the lion's claws because the pelt of the lion was so fierce and so protective that nothing could penetrate it. It was pretty much impenetrable. The only thing that could penetrate it were the lion's own claws. So that's what he did. He took the lion's claws and he made himself a pelt complete with the lion's head for his protection So and also so that he, Heracles, Heracles? Heracles? I'm not sure. I would think it would be Heracles. Would appear even more fearsome. So since the lion was such and such a, a feared, intense creature. The fact that it was slayed was a huge deal. So basically, Heracles took the lion and threw it in the sky, and there it appeared in the shape of a lion with six bright stars that represent from the lion's head down to its tail. And Regulus, as we know Regulus, marks the lion's heart. It is the heart of the lion, right? And Regulus is, um, well, it's, it is the brightest star in the, le- the lion constellation. And it's the 22nd brightest star in the sky. It has a magnitude of 1.35 and it's about 77 light years away. Um, so, what I have, one thing I guess I have been ruminating on is that might be a good way of a, a connecting point, I guess, since, since the, the, um, the uh, Regulus is the bright star, and it, in the constellation of the sky, it marks the lion's heart. That was one of the things that I was kind of thinking about as um, I was thinking of the Leo archetype and how it has to deal with the heart. And that part of the heart is, you know, is is fearsome. You know, the heart is a mighty organ that is part of our cardiovascular system, and it has a lot to do with circulation and also life itself. It, it transports oxygen. It transports the blood. It's a, a major organ in our body. And as far as heart-centeredness in Leo goes, I guess my what I was thinking about maybe the whole connecting point of it is is that life 
life can be challenging. Life can be wonderful. Life has all of the emotions. It has all of our mental capacities. Everything's sort of firing all at once. And and sometimes it takes all of that. It takes it takes our heart centeredness. It takes all of our being to get through a day and to understand what's going on around us and to look at life in a way where we feel totally connected because that connection that we feel when we go out into the world radiates to everyone else just like our heart radiates through our body and sends signals firing throughout our whole body in order for us to move and be able to walk through and move through the world so I just found this story sort of fascinating because, um, well, one thing is interesting, and I love myth, and it has a lot to do with Regulus, and Regulus being the heart of the lion. So it was just a a fun way for me to um, consider the Leo archetype and um, the uh, constellation, and how we kind of, how we look at different things in the world. You know, we look at the sky, and and when we look at the the bright star Regulus, do we think about, you know, the lion constellation or the stories behind them? I like to do that when I'm outside looking at the night sky. I like to look at I'm just still learning actually about the different constellations and the whole the since Lee the lion constellation is one of the largest if you can find Regulus which is one of the bright stars then you can kind of you can kind of get a glimpse maybe if it's dark enough of some of the other stars in the lion constellation but the the archetype of Leo the lion is a fascinating one. I have in it um, a love of cats anyway, big cats, small cats, all cats, and I love stories about them. And I love the Leo, the story, one of the, <clears throat> I'm sure there are different myths, but this Leo myth is a pretty interesting one, or a lion myth, the uh, lion of Nemean. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what I wanted to focus on a little bit. I wanted to kind of go at this maybe from a little bit different perspective and um, just sort of talk a little bit about that. So anyway... That was kind of my story and um, uh, archetype, this particular sort of Leo archetype that um, I wanted to just do a little blurb about since I've been kind of ruminating on um, the, um, the lion archetype and the heart. 
and where that may have stemmed from. So I thought this kind of this story about Heracles and the Nemean lion sort of for me kind of tied it in a little bit. And then also, like I said, just looking at the sky and taking a look at how beautiful and bright Regulus is. So anyway, there's my Leo the Lion archetype. Again, my name's Shannon Hayes, and that's my contemplation on the Leo archetype. Thank you very much. You just heard from Shannon Hayes with Amanda Pierce coming to the program on August 3rd. At this time, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have our next guest, Bear River. This is a cosmic collaboration from Top Cosmos. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Leo, ruled by the solar sun. Having departed from a cycle based on the internal process of emotional attachments requiring security and safety, the energy of Leo externally manifests our legacy through children and artistic creations. As a fixed Yang fire sign that desires to ignite actualization, Leo the Lion takes the risk to generously exhibit love and welcome all to share their stage with joyous pleasure for living life. This is Susie Kerr-Wright, astrologer and psychic medium, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaning of our roots in the stars. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Talk Cosmos, and this week you're listening to a cosmic collaboration which brings together shorter segments of each guest for each archetype. Now let's hear from our next speaker, Bear River, who will be on the program on August 10th. Hi, this is Bear River. Intersectional Astrologer, Psyche and Soul Astrology. This month we're exploring the archetype of Leo on Top Cosmos. Heart of gold is the phrase that came to mind. Astrologically speaking, Leo is said to rule the heart as well as gold. The sign of Leo is ruled by the sun. And the written symbol, which is a circle with a dot in the center, has been around for a really long time. Alchemists used it for gold, while astrologers used it for the sun. Just another way we see that the sun and gold and Leo are all associated and have been associated for a really long time in the human psyche. Now, the sun that we see in the sky each day has been worshipped by many cultures since well before recorded history, and it's pretty simple to understand. That great ball of gas throwing off radiation and electromagnetic energy across more than 90 million miles of space is the source of all our warmth and light. What's not to worship about that? The sun and gold, lion and heart, these are the symbolic keys to Leo. Ancient Hellenic astrologer Vedius Valens opens his anthologies with a delineation of the sun before any opening remarks even. He describes the sun as all-seeing, nature's fire and intellectual light. 
indicating kingship, rule, intellect, intelligence, beauty, loftiness of fortune, the ordinance of the gods, authority over the masses, friendship, noble personages, honors. That's from book one of the Mark Riley translation of Eddie's Fallon's anthologies. Now, Valens goes on to mention the head, the heart, the nerves, gold, fruit, wheat, and barley in his descriptions. The things that make up the good stuff in life in the early centuries of the Common Era. Now, of Leo, there's one phrase in particular that jumped out when I read Valens' anthologies. Haters of evil. To be born under the sign is to be one who is born a hater of evil. You know, Leo, as a fixed fire sign, is associated with stability. The fire sign brings in a connection with spirit. The fixed nature of the sign brings in stability and nobility. But there's something about Leo that goes beyond that. Now, if you know your planetary rulerships in astrology, you'll know that most signs or rather most planets rule two signs, but Leo alone is ruled by the sun and the sun rules Leo and Leo only. Cancer and the moon are, are similar. I mean, you will have listened to quite a bit about that over the previous month, but Leo lion hearted, brave as a lion, strong as a lion. It's to be courageous, to be strong and noble, typically in the face of obstacles. Now, if we think about the sun itself, its biggest obstacle is night. And night after night, or rather day after day after day, the sun triumphs over the night and rises again. This is the ultimate nature of Leo or a Leo that is well expressed in displaying some of the best qualities of the sign. Now, if we think about the various types of things that we've attributed a golden status to, like the golden mean or the golden ratio, or a golden age, the golden rule, or to say that something is as good as gold or worth its weight in gold, this is how we view that which is right, things that are noble, things that we want, that are highly desirable, things that we will go to great ends to get, to great lengths to get. Leo is the one sign that is associated with an animal and yet kingship, ruling over nations, over states. If we think about Leo, we can think about names with the, with the sound of word Leo in them, like Leon or Leonard or Leander. This means something to the effect of lion-hearted or brave as a lion or lion man. It's to be as strong as one can be, as noble as one can be, as constant as one can be, as truthful as one can be. We go back to Vedius Valens. The first thing that he see, he says about the sun is that it is all seeing. 
Leos are well aware of the reputation they have, and they carry their reputation with the type of weight of somebody who recognizes that everything they do is scrutinized, that it is seen. There is no hiding if you are represented by the sun. And so in that way, Leo can be one of the most noble signs. It can be the sign that is with a heart of gold. That's the ultimate ideal of a Leo placement, is to exhibit the qualities of being golden-hearted or lion-hearted, brave and honorable, not just one or the other. And we could also think about the constellation Leo, the lion in the sky. The constellation Leo has a bright red star right where its heart ought to be. That star is called Regulus or Corleonis, the heart of the lion. And so if we're thinking about the heart of the lion, so visible in the sky, you can think about the stories related to Heracles, an Nemean lion. You get shed some light on the penultimate strength of the lion itself. You know, it's no coincidence that in Persia, England, the symbol of the lion becomes a symbol of the state, but also the symbol of what it means to be regal and noble, which is appropriate for a sign that is associated with kingship or with being a ruler. In the modern day, I think we can extend that to each individual by considering what it means to be sovereign, what it means to be self-possessed, to be your own person. And I think that means to, to display your heart in the same way that the sun is visible to everyone unconditionally, without regard for any particular quality of relationship or access. It's just as simple as whether or not you can see the sun. That a golden-hearted Leo is the same way. The things that they stand for, the things that they represent, what matters to them and really strikes them in the heart is readily apparent. It's visible in the way that they carry themselves and the way that they interact with others. And just like the sun, a Leo can be, and often is, infinitely generous. Literally, the person willing to give you the shirt off their back. Now, have you ever heard of the sun asking for something in return, for keeping us warm or helping us see? A Leo can be the same way. And if you go back to that image of Leo the lion, the constellation in the sky, and its bright, shining heart in the center, it's clearly visible. And I think that's the most beautiful metaphor we could think of for Leo, the archetype, a shining heart that is clearly visible. That was Bear River, who will be speaking on August 10th. And last but not least is our final guest for the Leo archetype, Karen Wennerland, joining the program on August 17th. Hi, my name is Karen Wennerland. I am a Western and Uranian astrologer. I teach astrology study groups via Zoom, and I'm an expert in the astrology software, Solar Fire. I provide astrology consultations each Friday at the East West Bookshop in Seattle, or at my home in West Seattle, or via Zoom. 
I'm also a card-carrying member of the Sun Sign Leo tribe. Here are a few tips you need to know about us Leo folks. Leos are usually a bright and happy people. They have the need to love and support friends and family so these loved ones may achieve the fullness of whoever they deeply desire to be. Leos feel first. As a result, Leo is very observant of everything going on around them. When something is amiss, they will know it because they feel it. They might not have the words for what is going on, but that won't stop them from trying to fix it. Our Leo friends love to shine and be special. This causes them to work hard to achieve their specialness. They want to deserve to be special. Nothing is worse than being the low score bowler or the non-singer singing karaoke. Being okay or passable is not just embarrassing to Leo, it's shameful. And yes, Leos are famous for being overly dramatic. Leo is also famous for generosity, giving of their time, talent, energy, and even money to those in their tribe. Leo is a natural leader. Generally, when a Leo says, let's go, those in their circle are right there with them. Whoa, there's a new game to play. Who doesn't want to play with Leo? They are overly optimistic to a fault. They seem to lose track of time. They are often late, often making an entrance. On a personal level, independent Leo is not so good at asking for or accepting support from others. Even when they know objectively that they do not have the talent or skills to do the task at hand. When they can't handle everything all at the same time, they take it as a personal problem that they alone are required to solve. Sometimes being strong and independent has a big downside. Leo people can be judgmental, demanding, and expecting of excellence, especially from themselves and often from others. It just doesn't occur to them that everyone does not feel that they would be a failure at life if they did not work hard to be their best. Best for who, Leo? With a Leo boss, make it clear what you can do and by when. Let them know that you are unique and your best will be different from other workers. Be honest as to your shortcomings. Leo will want to insist you to improve yourself. They will relate as they are constantly working at becoming a better person themselves. Leos are much more objective about other people than they are about themselves. The Leo path is one which seeks a deep love and respect for themselves others, life, and the world. Leo needs and wants are important, but not all their need is. The whole world does not revolve around them. Sorry, dear Leo. But dear one, you can make a difference in your own small part of the world. Learning the difference between buying that dress because it looks wonderful 
or buying that dress because other people will look at you with pride or envy. This can take some time for a Leo. Leos are not internally secure by nature. They appear to have the world by the tail, but they are often faking it and holding on for dear life. They have to learn that it is okay for them to be who they are, the way they are. Leos do need their downtime. All that energy generally comes to a crashing halt. They usually have great vitality and don't often get sick. They are, however, very prone to stress, negativity, and high-pressure environments. Leo can be anxious, tense, or depressed when they are too hard on themselves, out of control, or feel they are not good enough. During these periods, you may not hear from them. They tend to hide in their cave or in the cozy spot in the sunshine on their deck. Leos can't seem to can't be seen in public at less than their best. A sad and broken Leo is very hard to be around. This deep sadness is so different from their normal behavior. When their heart is broken from the end of a relationship or of a friendship when trust is violated, the Leo pain will be palpable. Loyal Leo will be supportive until you use them one too many times. Then when Leo writes you out of their life, you just won't exist for them anymore. A young Leo seeks the approval of others wants to be the best, and is very competitive. I counsel parents of Leo children to get them into some type of art or sport that they've shown an interest. Even quiet Leos, and yes, there are some, need to be in a group and learn how to become a positive and compassionate leader. Dance and martial arts, soccer, speed walking, slot car racing, Dungeons and Dragons are all good. Since Leos can physically feel the pain of others, they need to be taught what pain is theirs and what pain belongs to others. The Leo will want to do whatever it takes to make sure no one has to feel pain. It is very sweet to see the Leo toddler giving a big hug to their upset fellow. Drama classes for the overly dramatic? Yes, indeed. This is an excellent way sensitive souls can learn about different emotional states. Learning through pretending. Reading is another great way to experience the whole wide world. I myself read every book in my branch of the Seattle Public Library about queens. Who are people who have made a difference in the world? The Leo will want to emulate them. What makes a person great? Leo will want to know. Leo will want other people to agree with them about how to solve the problems of life. If we all agree, there will be no pain, right? Leo has to learn that there are many, many ways to climb a mountain to solve the problem and all of them having something to offer, even though none of them 
is the right or only way. Leo has so many ideas. It can be so hard to contain them all. The Leo nature is so very creative and needs many outlets to explore so many avenues. How can you know what you want without experiencing it? Which, to a mild-mannered friend, Leo can feel so very high maintenance. With so much energy, wanting so much input, so many experiences just waiting, Leo doesn't do downtime well. Sleep? Who needs sleep? One might miss something. More, please. It's all a friend can do to keep up. Love them. Scratch them on the head. Tell them they are awesome, but only when they deserve it. They will respond back with their signature warmth, generosity, and loyalty. They might even purr for you. Hi, I'm glad and sincerely appreciate your interest in the second season's cosmic collaborations, beginning every archetype with individual commentaries. They provide diverse perspectives and liberate the astrologer's voice. Today is July 27th, and this program repeats Thursday, August 1st, in the morning, 6 to 7 Pacific Daylight Time. Next Saturday, August 3, Amanda Pierce, an electric astrologer who teaches energy work from Seattle, Washington, will be joining a talk focused on the July 31st Leo New Moon, including the Leo Stellium with Mars, Venus, and Juno. Amanda's two archival talks can be found from 2018, June 23, for Cancer, and August 4, for Leo. Talk Cosmos airs in the Seattle area both every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. and every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. And you can access KKNW's Live Listen button online or in these ways. The call letters make their website, and that's 1150kknw.com. The NW, it stands for Northwest. Seattle's in the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest. Their app, KKNW, is online or found anywhere. Both have live listen buttons. And we are on iTunes, podcastone.com. You can subscribe and get there live or go to the past episodes. And remember, too, that TalkCosmos.com, our website, links the auto, you know, that audio archive past episode for all the programs since April 7th of 2018. Plus, it gives all the guests information and the entire schedule. So click the event schedule and you'll see more details concerning the astrological configurations data for that event. So till we connect next week, August 3 and on the 8th, and may all you fantastic souls celebrate what sustains your life force. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. 
Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.